0: What's up, everybody? On today's show, our week five winners and losers from across the SEC as we start to get a better idea on who are the contenders and who are the pretenders. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, part of the Locked On podcast network, covering your team every day. All right, we do it every week. Let's dive into it. Let's do our winners of the weekend because we got plenty of guys to jump into and talk about big weeks they had in SEC Week 5. And we got to start with Ray Davis over at Kentucky. Kentucky is undefeated 5-0 following their dominant 33-14 win over the Florida Gators. And a big reason why running back Ray Davis, he transferred in this offseason from Vandy, had a historic day on Saturday, rushing the ball 26 times. For a career high 280 yards, three rushing touchdowns, also had a nine yard touchdown reception, so four touchdowns total on the day. He was just bursting through holes all day. That big blue wall for Kentucky, their O line was outstanding in their run blocking. And Davis's day was the third highest single game rushing total in program history. The first 200 yard day since Chris Rodriguez had a 207 against Mizzou back in. September of 2021 Kentucky outrushed Florida in this game 329 yards to 69 its first 300 yard rushing performance since they did that against the Louisville two years ago and more impressively the Wildcats totaled almost 400 yards against the SEC's top overall and scoring defense Florida's defense came into the game just giving up 224 yards a game 13 and a half points allowed per game The Wildcats also beat the Gators for the third consecutive time, their first such streak since winning four in a row back in the late 1940s. Kentucky did not allow Devin Leary to be sacked. They finished without a turnover, and they were penalized just three times, a big shift after those first couple games where they were penalty prone, they were turning the ball over. But, of course, with those numbers, Ray Davis, he took over as far and away the SEC's leading rusher through the first five weeks Ray Davis, 594 rushing yards on the season. That's 130 more than the SEC's second-leading rusher, who is Cody Schrader. So, shout out, Ray Davis. An incredible week. And look out, but uh, Kentucky going to Athens to play Georgia. Georgia's looked a little shaky. We'll see what Ray Davis and Kentucky can do in that one. Speaking of Georgia, on a day where Georgia found themselves trailing once again in an SEC game, Brock Bowers came up big in the passing game for Georgia. The Bulldogs were playing their first road game of the season, found themselves tied 20-20 with under six minutes to go against Auburn, and the Bulldogs marched right down the field for the go-ahead touchdown. Carson Beck connecting with Brock Bowers for a 40-yard touchdown. Bowers finished the day eight catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. And that marks back-to-back 100-yard games for Bowers after he went off against UAB a week prior. He had two straight one-handed grabs in this one. One of those was called back by a penalty. He averaged almost 20 yards a catch. And Brock Bowers now ranked eighth in the SEC in total receiving yards. He's just behind guys like Ricky Parasol and Will Shepard. And naturally, he leads all tight ends in the nation now in total receiving yards. Georgia coach Kirby Smart saying afterwards that Bulldogs are a very resilient team after escaping successfully their first road test. And Georgia's school record winning streak ultimately stretched 22 games. And uh, look, they, they stepped up when they had to and they got to win, survive and advance. So big one between Georgia and Kentucky coming up. But uh, Brock Bowers, certainly impressive. Another winner of the weekend. How about Quinshawn Judkins over at Ole Miss? We talked in recent weeks about What's going on with Quinchon? Why is he struggling to run the football this year? He was so good a year ago. Well, enter LSU's porous defense where Judkins had his best game of the year. Ran the ball 33 times, 177 yards and a touchdown. He also had a four-yard touchdown reception as Ole Miss beat LSU 55-49. Judkins averaged almost five and a half yards a carry on the day. He was just unstoppable. He had a 37-yard run at one point. Ulysses Bentley, he had 90 yards rushing, and Jackson Dart had 50 yards on the ground. Each one of them scored a rushing touchdown. And it was definitely a get right game for Judkins, who skyrocketed back into the top five in SEC and rushing. He sits fifth in the conference currently with 378 total rushing yards. The teams combined, LSU and Ole Miss, over 1,300 yards of offense, 14 touchdowns, two late lead changes, and Look, kudos to Jackson Dart and Jaden Daniels. They both played their butts off in this one. Jackson Dart said after the game, we had an overwhelming amount of confidence in the huddle before the game-winning drive. Signature win for Lane Kiffin. Could not have come at a better time after the loss to Alabama a week ago. And next up, the number 20 Rebels host Arkansas to complete a two-game homestand on Saturday. Another winner of the weekend, I got the Alabama defense we talked about it last week Alabama's defense looked to be back to their dominant selves the way they stymied Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss offense but this week we kind of expected them to do the same against Mississippi State and they did just that Bama's D held Will Rogers to just 107 passing yards one touchdown three interceptions Bama sacked Rogers four times including a sack from Dallas Turner Trez Marshall had a sack and a half Chris Braswell had a pick six Caleb Downs and Jihad uh, Campbell, they both had the other picks. Bama won the game 40 to 17, but their offense didn't even really have to do much because state kept giving them the football. Bama held state to just 261 total yards of offense. They were 0 for 3 on fourth downs, 5 of 13 on third downs. Just doesn't get much more dominant than that. Next up for Bama, they head to Texas A&M in a pivotal SEC West matchup. With hell LSU's lost to the Rebels, Bama kind of in that pole position now in the West, but got to go beat A&M. If A&M wins, A&M's in the driver's seat in the SEC West, so that will be interesting to see. Another winner of the weekend, I've got Tennessee's defense. Outside of their loss at Florida, the Tennessee defense has looked much improved this season. They continue to get better each week, and they got a dominant 41-20 to win over South Carolina this week. Spencer Radler, he had been having a really good season, but the Vols held him to just 24-35 passing, for just 169 yards, no touchdowns, one pick. They held the Gamecocks rushing to 27 carries for 132 yards, and Tennessee outgained them 477 to 333. Tennessee sacked Spencer six times. James Pierce recorded two sacks. Kamal Haddon had a big pick six. And look, Joe Milton, he had two picks of his own, so you'd like to see him clean that up. But Tennessee's defense looking better and better, and uh, kudos to them. They, they took care of South Carolina and it was kind of role reversal from a year ago where south carolina's offense had their way against tennessee this year was tennessee's defense stepping up in a big way another winner of the weekend i got brady cook look he came into this year battling for that mizzou starting quarterback spot and he has played out of his mind the last couple weeks he led mizzou to an upset win over kansas state a neutral field victory over memphis and this week in mizzou's 38-21 win over vandy Brady Cook was 33 for 41, 395 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. And in the process, Brady Cook broke the SEC record for most consecutive passes without an interception. After the game, Brady Cook said, I'm becoming a lot more confident. I know the receivers are. I know the O-line is. The offense as a whole, I think, is confident. Mizzou ran up 532 total yards of offense. Chemistry with the receivers is through the roof right now. Luther Burton quickly becoming a star-wide receiver in the SEC. He had 11 catches for 140 yards and two touchdowns. And how about these for offensive rankings in the SEC through the first five weeks? Brady Cook, fourth in the SEC in total passing yards. He's behind Jaden Daniels, Carson Beck, and Jackson Dart. Cody Schrader is second in the SEC in rushing yards. And Luther Burden is number one in the SEC in receiving yards. I don't think we thought Mizzou's offense, and Eli Drakewood, would have this squad doing what they're doing so far. Brady Cook and Mizzou, Got a chance to improve to a perfect 6-0 this weekend. They host LSU and Como Saturday morning. LSU's defense not looking good right now. Mizzou's offense looking great. See if they can keep it up. And our last winner of the weekend, I had Texas A&M's defense lights out from DJ Durkin's crew on Saturday as they beat up on Arkansas 34-22, a game that's been close in recent years. The Aggies ran away from the Hogs in this one. They held Arkansas to just 174 total yards on the day. Max Johnson said after the game, this defense is playing unbelievable. The Aggies had seven quarterback sacks, 15 tackles for a loss for the second week in a row. Remember, they did that against Auburn a week prior. They even got a defensive score. Linebacker Chris Russell returning a tip pass back for a touchdown. They had a special teams touchdown from Anaya Smith on an 82-yard punt return. And Arkansas did not have an offensive touchdown until under four minutes to go in the game. Sam Pittman said, physically, they dominated us on the edge. They did exactly what we thought they would do, and they were very aggressive. And now the Aggies won for the 11th time in 12 meetings with Arkansas since joining their former Southwest Conference rival in the SEC. Texas A&M, home next Saturday against 12th-ranked Alabama, which, as the number one team two years ago, remember, lost 41-38 on a game-ending field goal in their last trip to College Station. So a big, big game for Texas A&M and Alabama coming up this weekend. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll get to our losers of the weekend. That's coming your way in just a sec. Well, first, I want to remind you guys this episode is presented to you by our friends over at Athletic Brewing. Look, now it's time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Quinchon Judkins last week having his best game of the season, ran the ball 33 times for 177 yards in that upset win over LSU – uh, athletic Brewing Company, they are changing the non-alcoholic beer game just like Quinchon Judkins was a game changer. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Full flavor, well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. Their brews are great-tasting and award-winning. They beat out that full-strength beer uh, in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and much more. They are fit for all times. So you can drink them anytime, anywhere and make any activity even more enjoyable, like watching a big game, watching your kids' game, uh, working out, whatever it is. There's no hangovers ever, and you can find Athletic in stores, online, or at bars around the country. They are growing so fast. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S., so get on board. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brewers at a store near you, or check them out or at athleticbrewing.com. And if you're a first-time customer, you use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, That'll get you 15% off your first order. That's locked on at checkout, 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and con- conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Going along here, Locked On SEC. want to remind you guys, college football season here. Every Friday, we've got the... Locked on college football kickoff live, going uh, live on our YouTube channel and all the Locked on college YouTube channels, 11 a.m. to 1 Eastern, it's 10 a.m. to noon Central, college football kickoff live, getting you set for the weekend of games, taking you all over the world of college football thank you guys for making us your first listen every day shout out to our everydayers coming back we had some great uh shows playing for you guys throughout this week as well so keep coming back and checking us out all right we did our winners of the weekend now we we don't like to call them losers but we say who disappointed us this week so that's what we're going to dive back into uh we did our winners who disappointed this week and i don't think there was any bigger disappointment to me with how good the lsu offense played how about the LSU defense? My goodness, I was willing to write off LSU's offense, uh, awful defense a week ago against Arkansas because I thought, okay, K.J. Jefferson the Hogs, they were a desperate team, got into a shootout with LSU. But it turns out LSU's defense is just downright awful this year. And look, Ole Miss's defense wasn't great either, but the Tigers and the Rebels combined for over 1,300 yards, 809 yards coming from the passing game. Lane Kiffin said after the game, I'll tell you my storyline. We're down two scores in the fourth quarter, and it would have been easy to give in. We get two stops, we drive the field twice, no fluke plays, 700-plus yards, no turnovers, score twice, and we won the game. Yeah, LSU's offense on the day, 706 total yards of offense. They threw for over 300, they ran for over 300, as balanced as you can get, Ole Miss, an impressive 9-for-16 on third downs. They were even 2-for-3 on fourth downs. You know how Lane loves to go for it on fourth. And Ole Miss did not turn the ball over. And for LSU, Matt House, he got some love a year ago. Some people said, oh, this LSU defense looks pretty good with Matt House pulling the strings. They've got some big questions to answer. Their defensive backs can't cover very well. Their defensive line struggled to find any pressure. They had zero sacks on Jackson Dart this week. That's what guys like Harold Perkins, Mason Smith, Makai Wingo. What the heck happened to LSU's defense? They got to do some soul searching, man. Next up for them, it's an early Saturday morning game at Mizzou. And we just told you how good Mizzou is playing right now offensively. Big, big game for them. All right, our next disappointment of the week, it's the Auburn passing game. I never thought I would say this about a Hugh Freeze offense. But they got some problems, man, particularly a quarterback problem. Peyton Thorne just cannot throw the football very well at Auburn. It's weird because he threw it well at Michigan State, but he has struggled. He had just 10 completions on Saturday for just 82 yards, no touchdowns and a pick, which, of course, came in the final minutes of the game and all but wrapped up the game for Georgia. Uh, Thorne now has thrown under 100 passing yards in three of his five starts this season at Auburn. I mean, it's like... Jordan Jefferson back in the day at LSU. Like, that's the kind of numbers Peyton Thorne's putting up. He did have a 61-yard run early in this one, and that kind of set the tone. Auburn went down and got points, finished with 92 yards rushing. And I get, look, it's Georgia's defense, okay? We should probably be giving a hat tip to Auburn for even keeping this one as close as they did. I know the fan base was excited. You know, hey, we were supposed to lose by 14. We kept this one close. But it's hard for me to look down the road, man, and see Auburn winning a bunch of SEC games if this passing game is going to continue to struggle like this all season. I've been saying maybe give Robbie Asher more of a look. I know he got in there a little bit this past week again, but like, what's the deal? Why is Peyton Thorne and I get it. Like the offensive line's not great. He's got pressure in his face. Chemistry with the receivers still kind of growing there, but like, let's go. Come on. We're in week six now. Like it, it, when's it going to click? Auburn did run the ball uh, decently, 219 yards on the ground against Georgia, but again, passing game leaves a lot to be desired, and Auburn has an open date before they host LSU here very soon. Uh, Another disappointment of the weekend, I got the Florida run game. Florida came into this year with one of the best backfields in the country with Trevor Etienne and Montrell Johnson. They had some solid games so far this season, including when they ran the ball all over Tennessee and the win against the Vols, but... This weekend against Kentucky, Gators held to just 29 rush attempts for 69 net yards. Johnson had 42 yards. ATN had 29 yards. Florida's O-line, they just struggled to get a push against Kentucky's D-line. They sacked Graham Mertz three times, forced an interception. But for the Gators, who were becoming one of the better rush teams in the SEC, being held under 70 rushing yards on the day, I think they were like fourth in the SEC in rushing a week or so ago. They dropped to 10th in the conference in rushing yards per game. Gators should be able to bounce back this weekend. They get a home game against Vandy, and it's a revenge game. Keep in mind, the Doors got them last year, so we'll see if the Gators bounce back, and hopefully their run game bounces back. Our next up in our disappointments of the weekend, I had Spencer Radler and the Gamecock offense. Uh, they had a couple of early-season wins. I was really starting to like what we were seeing out of Spencer Radler and the South Carolina offense, but – Radler came crashing back down to earth this week in Knoxville. He threw for just 169 yards, no touchdowns, a pick, pick six, and the Gamecocks producing just 330 yards of offense. Xavier Leggett held to just 50 yards receiving. Radler was sacked six times, and they lost to the Vols 41-20. Radler is still fifth in the SEC in total passing yards. Leggett is third in receiving yards, but... Now at 2-3 on the season, it's hard for me to look at that schedule and find four more wins for South Carolina. In fact, the next three weeks, it'll be Florida, at Mizzou, and at Texas A&M. They still have to play Kentucky and Clemson on the back end of the schedule. We'll see if Rattler can bounce back. But, man, uh, it's just Spencer Rattler maybe looking at it going, maybe I should have gone to the NFL. Things not going well there in Columbia. All right, another depressed of the weekend. I've got uh, K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders. I had high hopes this past week for K.J. Jefferson and Arkansas. I really thought they had a chance at maybe pulling off the upset of AM. Their offense was moving so well a week ago against LSU. But that AM defense shut down the Arkansas offense. K.J. Jefferson just 9 of 17 passing for 132 yards, one touchdown, one pick. We saw the return of Rocket Sanders in the backfield, but he was held to just 11 carries for 34 yards. And Arkansas, just 174 yards of total offense. And now we're looking sideways at Dan Eno saying, you have two of the most experienced players in the SEC in recent years, and you can't get anything going with either guy on offense? Look, there were so many complaints about Kendall Bryles running that offense last year, but it was never this bad. KJ's had two games this season where he's thrown for 136 yards or less. He never had an offensive output that low in any game last year. And Rocket Sanders, one of the leading rushers in the SEC a year ago. I know he's been banged up, but in two games so far this year, 26 carries, just 76 yards. That is a 2.9 yard per clip. Next up for Arkansas, they have to go 2-0 miss. At 2-3, you lose this one. This season starts to slide, and we start talking about Sam Pittman on the hot seat and who's going to replace him. All right, another deep press of the weekend, Will Rogers. It is officially time to hit the panic button for Mississippi State. Remember when Will Rogers used to put up eye-popping numbers, throwing the ball all over in the SEC the last few years? Where is that Will Rogers? He was held to just 107 passing yards this week against Bama. One touchdown, three interceptions, including a pick six, and Rogers now a dismal 0-4 in his career against Nick Saban. Rodgers now on the season has just over 1,000 passing yards and seven passing touchdowns. He's 10th in the SEC in passing yards, tied for 9th in, pa- in passing touchdowns. It's a guy who was like top two or three in the SEC in passing the last couple of years. It's just a far cry from that guy who dominated in the air raid system. And this offense scored just 14 against LSU, just 17 against Bama. They should bounce back this next week with a home game against Western Michigan. And our last deep press of the weekend, I'm putting Vandy's defense in here. Look, I know it's Vandy. They're not supposed to be very good. But Vandy is 2-4 on the season, 0-2 oh, in the conference. They were supposed to be getting better defensively. We know that's Clark Lee's calling card, but, man, Vandy just looks sloppy at times on defense. This past Saturday, they gave up 532 yards of offense to Mizzou. This is a week after they gave up 45 points to Kentucky and Nashville. They had no sacks on Brady Cook. They did recover Theo Wees fumble. But these next three games, they have to play – at Florida, Georgia, and at Ole Miss, to me, things are only going to keep getting worse for Vanderbilt's defense. Uh, at this point, just looking at their schedule, they'd be lucky to get two more wins on the season, and that's, uh, that sucks because it felt like Clark Lee had this program moving forward in the right direction, but I just don't see them pulling an upset on anybody here. In these next couple of weeks. All right. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll get to some of the uh, rankings and stuff going on around the conference that's coming your way in just a sec. First, I want to remind you guys this episode presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Look, snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book because right now, new customers, you're going to get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, wide range of betting options. They got spreads, player props, over-unders, whatever you can think of, they got it up there. And, of course, they got college football stuff as well. So any of you SEC fans, they got a good majority of the games up there for you to bet on as well. Go visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make sure you do the slash locked on. And that will get you all all the great promos they got going on. Kick off this NFL season the right way with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right, roll along here, Locked On SEC. Again, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day, and uh, shout-out to our everydayers who keep coming back every day. Uh, I had a few tidbits I wanted to get in here real quick. Um, I almost want to give a disclaimer to some of our folks out there. If you're not a fan of Georgia or Bama, like I've seen some LSU fans jumping ship this week, saying Brian Kelly may not be the right guy. A week ago, I saw the same thing at Ole Miss. People saying the same thing about Lane Kiffin, oh, God, he should have went to Auburn. What are we doing? There seems to be this stipulation that, like, we think we can win a championship. And it is starting to feel like unless you have either Nick Saban or Kirby Smart as your head coach, it's feeling like in the SEC, your ceiling is 10-2. and two. Like, the best you can do unless Kirby or Saban is your head coach is 10 wins. And we saw Lane do that a couple years ago. You know, Brian Kelly did it a ton at, uh, at Notre Dame. He did it last year at LSU in his first year. But it, it's starting to feel like that may be the ceiling for a Josh Heupel, for a Brian Kelly, for Lane Kiffin, Jimbo Fisher at AM. We'll see how this season plays out. But if we end up with George Obama right back in Atlanta like we thought, George undefeated, Bama with the one loss to, to Texas – I find it really it's it becomes a lot harder to make a case that any other SEC team has a chance to win a championship, uh, at least in the current format. Right when we expand to the college football playoff uh, expansion next year, you know we'll add more teams. But it's if somebody was asking me, like, doesn't it feel like there's a cap on everybody else in the SEC? And it does start to feel that way. It starts to feel like everyone. It's just the SEC is too tough. It everyone beats up on one another. And as good as your team is, like Tennessee and Josh Heupel were a year ago, the injury to Hendon Hooker, we get what happened. But they were good, they were losing that South Carolina game even with Hendon. So, is there a cap? Is it just raise your, your or lower your expectations if you're a fan of an SEC school that is not co- coached by Kirby or Saban? Odds that you go ten and zero and uh, or, or uh, you know eleven and one or twelve and zero and get to the playoff. Not likely, but again, with the conference or playoff expansion next year, that will, uh, that will help. But bringing in Texas and Oklahoma ain't going to help make the path easier for anybody. All right, let's uh, dive into just a few more notes here. Week 5, some exciting matchups this past week in the SEC, and ESPN put out their latest power rankings. Seven, seven teams from the SEC found themselves in the latest top 25 in the SEC power rankings. And here's what they had. They had Georgia number 1, they had Alabama number 10, They had uh, Ole Miss coming in at number 16 with the win over LSU, Tennessee number 20, Kentucky 21, Missouri in the top 25 at 24, and Texas A&M at 25 overall. Now, as far as the other rankings go, in the AP poll, we had Georgia 1, then we had Alabama down there at 11, we had Ole Miss at 16, Kentucky at 20, Mizzou 21, Uh, Tennessee 22. They actually kept LSU in the top 25. They're number 23. So – 20, 21, 22, 23 all in the AP poll from the SEC. And then over in the coaches' poll, more of the same. Georgia was one. Alabama was actually up a spot from 11 in the AP to 10 in the coaches' poll. Ole Miss up a spot, 16 in the AP, 15 in the coaches' poll. Tennessee, 22 in the AP, but 18 in the coaches' poll. Kentucky, 20 in both polls. Mizzou, 21 in the AP, 22 in the coaches' poll. LSU at 23 in both and others receiving vote, uh, it was Texas A&M basically three spots out in both polls. So Texas A&M outside of the top 25, but they're earning some respect to climb back into this thing. And just a few more notes before we call it a show and get out of here. SEC Nation is headed to Athens for an SEC East showdown this coming weekend. It will be number one Georgia and Kentucky, an undefeated Kentucky team and an undefeated Georgia team heading to Athens this weekend. Laura Rutledge will be back hosting SEC Nation along with Paul Finebaum, Roman Harper, Jordan Rogers, and Tim Tebow. Marty and McGee will also be on location live. So good for them. And then lastly, uh, College Game Day, they're heading to a Big 12 showdown, but it's a future SEC showdown as uh, they're heading to Dallas for the Red, Red River – what are they calling it now? Red River Showdown, Red River Rivalry can't say shootout anymore, but it'll be uh, Texas versus Oklahoma on Saturday, one of the most historic rivalries in college football. Should be a fun one. Both teams are ranked in the top 15. Texas coming off a dominant win over Kansas, and Oklahoma absolutely routing Iowa State. So should be a good one there and a good early preview for those of us in the SEC. Currently, who want to get an early preview of what that rivalry looks like, coming to the SEC next year. It just sounds so weird. Texas versus Oklahoma will be an SEC game A year from now totally nuts but anyway one more year in the big 12 we'll check that out this weekend again sec nation going to be covering georgia and kentucky i just wonder they missing a the opportunity for a&m alabama that one might be the best game of the week in the sec that is going to do it for this edition of locked on sec thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day again shout out to our everydayers keep coming back Come on back and check us out every day. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked on SEC. We'll have more news and notes on the show tomorrow with all of our takeaways from the coaches' press conferences on Monday and get you guys some early tidbits for SEC Week 6. God, we're already into Week 6. The season is just flying by. That's going to do it for me, Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on an all-new Locked on SEC.